Hey there, friends and foes. Good morning, Multiverse. This is Back of the Cereal Box, the pop culture podcast that celebrates the fun of the Saturdays of our youth. I am your host, the prophet of pop culture, John Pika. You can call me Johnny. And this morning, we are going to be talking about the 1986 animated classic, The Transformers, the movie. And we are going to do that right after this from DL Memphis and the Murdering Crows. It's like Coca-Cola, Levi's Strauss, Johnny Carson and Mickey Mouse. The first star was James Dean. Helmets Presley and he's still the king. Some things are only All right, friends and foes, good morning, Multiverse. This is Back of the Cereal Box. We are called Back of the Cereal Box because when I was a kid, we didn't have iPhones or tablets at the breakfast table on Saturday morning or any morning for that matter. And so we were reading the back of the cereal box. That was our newspaper. That was our world. And in between big bowls of cereal, cartoons, comic books, and kaiju movies, we were reading the back of the cereal box. And that's what this show is all about, those Saturday mornings of our youth. And to help us along the way this morning, and this is a journey between you and I and our co-host, you can join the chat and be a part of the uh, be a part of the show like Willow Schuyler this morning, who says, good morning, everyone. She is sick with COVID, but she will be joining us in the chat as we uh, go through the show this morning, and you can join us too. But before we even get to that, we have to welcome my co-host, the incredible cosplayer, photographer, actress, the one, the only, AC Kindred, Aubrey Cavett. Good morning, everybody. This so, is morning, right? <laughs> yeah, it is morning. And I am, uh, you guys, I'm so exhausted. Um, it has been a whirlwind couple of weeks with HoloCon and then uh, start of open enrollment for healthcare.gov. And that's my day job. And then last week was Gallatin Comic Con. And Aubrey, I was so glad that you were able to finally do a bigger convention with me because the last couple of conventions have been pretty small but okay. this they one yeah they were great lots of fun but mm -hmm. small and um and this one was about um according to the news about three thousand people showed up and no um way. that's awesome yeah well you did a phenomenal uh, Poison Ivy cosplay, and I've posted some of those pictures. I need to post the rest of them on the Facebook page. But um, you were you you look so amazing. You couldn't take three steps without someone stopping you for a picture. 
it, it was, it was pretty amazing. It was great. Yeah. And uh, uh, my wife, Lorna, got to hang out with you and talk with you. Now, oh, yeah, for, those of, awesome. for those of you who don't know, um, my wife has gone to one con with me 30 years ago, right after we got married. Um, I dragged her along to meet my idol, John Byrne. She hated every minute of it. And so she was not excited about coming to Gallatin Comic-Con, but she did it because she wanted to meet John Schneider, Bo Duke of the Dukes of Hazard. It was her first teenage crush or childhood crush. And um, she got to meet him. He hugged her. She, uh, he, he, he pressed her head into his chest for the photo. She was on cloud nine. It was epic. Um, and then, and then he he saw me standing there, and he's like, "Whoa, what's that? What's that jacket about?" You know, I was wearing the Comic Con jacket, mm -hmm. and uh, I told him, "Well, I'm doing some magic here at the show." And yada yada. He goes, "Really?" And it turns out John Schneider is a magician, oh, and really? cool. has an incredible library. And so we yeah. talked for about five minutes about that, and I felt really bad because other people were standing in line. And finally said, hey, John, I, I don't want to take up these other people's times. I love this conversation, but <clears throat> these other folks need to see you. And he's like, oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Great guy. John Schneider is maybe the coolest Comic-Con guest I've ever met. And um, I would love to be able to sit down and spend more time with him. So um, did now, did you know who those uh, actors were from the Dukes of Hazard? Are you I old enough to remember the Dukes of Hazard? I actually watched a few episodes, Johnny. Yeah. Did I you really? I did know who the Dukes of Hazard were. Um, I have to say Daisy is always going to be my hardcore favorite as far as actors goes, because I feel like she had a lot more costume um, wardrobe uh, specialties to deal with. Um, those those Daisy Dukes. I mean, come on. Yeah. Everybody knows everybody knows Daisy from those Daisy Dukes. <laughs> and she looked amazing. Yes. Oh, my gosh. No, no airbrushing there. And, you know. Um, well, no I I mean, last, last weekend at 70 years old, she looked amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, yeah. they, it was, it was amazing. So, My anyway, part was meeting the voice from um, uh, Peanuts. Oh, yeah. yeah. My, my friend, our, our friend uh, Patricia Pats, mm -hmm. she, uh, she co hosted this show with me um, live from, uh, from uh, Rathacon earlier this year. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we, uh, yeah, she's amazing. She lives here in Middle Tennessee. She was in Hendersonville and she just moved out to Franklin. Um, amazing. Amazing. Well, hey, let's get this show underway because we're going to be talking about the Transformers movie. But before we even do that, we have to acknowledge that that awesome theme song was brought to us by DL Memphis and the Murdering Crows. You can get there. Uh, album on Amazon, iTunes, Google, or anywhere you buy music. And of course, our Cereal Box super friends, Eli Cash, Cindy Kep, Sharice Collins, Dave Mattingly. And we have a brand new Patreon.com site. Um, you can still contribute to Buy Me a Coffee. That is going to be the new, uh, the, 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 like the network uh, page, but just specifically for. Back of the Cereal Box, patreon.com slash Cereal Box Podcast. And one of the reasons why we made that change, Aubrey, is because 
Um, Patreon allows you to do some more fan interactive features and in particular to do a custom RSS feed. So we are going to be doing custom episodes, special episodes. And when we get to our three-year anniversary on December 2nd, which is also the day after my birthday, um, we are going to make some big announcements about some format changes to the show that fans are going to love. But the first thing we have to do, you'll notice the new show card title. We got to ask, what's in the bowl? And this morning, I am enjoying the last remnants of the two-year-old box of Frosted Flakes. Now, I don't know if this speaks to the quality or the chemicals, mm. but this box of cereal is two years old, and I tried some earlier this morning just to make sure it wasn't going to be poisoned. <laughs> it's delicious. It tastes, it tastes fresh as a daisy. Mmm. I can't complain about this. Now, what do you think, Aubrey? Quality or chemicals? Oh, <laughs> call it a little bit of both. <laughs> because I opened the box. I opened the box, and the bag was still open inside. Hadn't even oh. sealed. Oh. They're not stale at all. Whoa, oh, yeah. that might be chemicals, Johnny. Make sure to take your vitamins after this. Kids, take well, your listen. vitamins, okay? We took our Flintstone vitamins, if our parents could afford it, for an apple every day. So kids, if you're listening, or young adults, go get yourself some vitamins. I mean, if we took them when we were younger, obviously we still need them a little bit. I pound down vitamin C like it's going out of style. But listen... Frosted Flakes is in my top five greatest cereals of all time. I love it. The sweet corn. Now, do you have anything this morning, Aubrey? I, um, it's one of those mornings where I really don't have a classic cereal option because I have ADHD and I get bored. Um, but we're also doing Transformers, so it's kind of super sci-fi because, you know, 2005. <laughs> I'm just saying, that's the big year in the movie. But guys... I'm going to have something weird this morning. It's called Simply Protein. And I'm going to turn this into cereal this morning with my soy milk. Because so like are we on bar. Oh, no. Oh, no. So, <laughs> so Aubrey is about to ask of the Simply Protein bar, will it cereal? Yes. And, and I'm making a prediction that the answer is no. Well, we have two different flavors today. We have but we will find out dark chocolate sea salt. Oh boy. And then peanut butter chocolate. So what was that? Now we did for anybody listening, that's what the, the little um crackling is, is this little packages. Now we did find out that kind bars mm -hmm. cereal really well, but I'm not sure. Kind bars are delicious. Okay. I'm not so sure about this brand. Breaking up this little and it's okay. It's 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 not that dry. It's actually really easy to break up one-handed. So that's a good start. Um okay. 
And because I do have a little bit of issue with my left arm from my car wreck still, I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat with my left arm. Let's see. I'm right-handed. We're gonna try this out. All right, she's trying the Simply Protein Bar in the bowl with milk. This is the chocolate sea salt. She does not have a pleasurable face or look on her face. Okay, so there's like mm -hmm. three layers of flavor here. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so the first layer of flavor is good. If you can stop chewing at the first layer of flavor, um, it might be better. I think that's why it's um a granola bar. But once the chocolate coating <laughs> comes off of it, it's more of a challenge. <laughs> Future well, food. <laughs> so so those protein bars are processed bricks, and there's different kind of chemicals in those, but that chemical flavor is really strong on some of those. I need more milk. <laughs> well, mm -hmm. let me just tell you, Frosted Flakes cereal milk, delicious. Yep, Johnny, I think um, I, I think your choice today is better, but mm. because I can't take this episode without a box, I'm just going to use my leftovers from the Great Pumpkin. There you because go. These were sealed up still and still crunchy. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so, over the next couple of weeks, um, I'm going to be on the hunt for Christmas cereals. Ooh. So, because it is officially the Christmas season in our house. And um, it, it started October, uh, November 1st is the Christmas season start for us. So, okay. um, Super excited uh, about Christmas cereals over the next couple of weeks. Wait, Johnny, are you already listening to Christmas music? Oh, absolutely. Yes, I am. Okay, I love absolutely. that we're on a different side of this aisle because it makes it more entertaining for, for our audience. Because really, I'm quite the opposite. As you guys know, I had a late Halloween party this year. So this is part of the last day's Halloween party decorations. Just happens to be perfect for Transformers. But I'm just saying, Transformers. my fall isn't going to go down until the 5th day of December. Controversial, I know. Well, <laughs> now we celebrate Halloween pretty hard in our house, too. Mm -hmm. um, in our whole neighborhood, it is a thing. And it starts September 1st mm -hmm. in, in our neighborhood. So we have two months of Halloween, and then it's only fair. That Christmas starts November first, and 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 if you came through our neighborhood, the houses are decorated, the displays are up. It's amazing. I love it. Hey, we got some uh, uh, viewer listener comments, so let's welcome some of our viewers. We got Tabby Cat joining us, saying good morning, good morning, Tabitha, and Andrew Milden, morning, Boxaholics. And Dave Mattingly says, the chat is filled with my friends. Dave Mattingly also said, my wife tried a couple of cons with me early on and didn't come back to any more until Hen Henry Winkler was a guest. And she Henry. was thrilled to meet him. Henry, the Fonz, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, so that was the same experience here. And um, my wife still is not happy with me, even though she got to meet John Schneider. She feels like I dragged her to this 
you know, geek fest. And I did, but it was for her. For, I wanted to show her a grand time of meeting her childhood crush, but it wasn't until the end of the day that she actually got to meet him. And so she had to endure us weirdos all morning. She okay, was so I happy. do have to ask our audience, what is in your bowl this morning? Are you guys eating? Are you fasting? Okay, that's a thing now, right? Like people fast. Are you eating cereal? Are you eating a granola bar? Are you having protein? And um, Johnny, when can we talk about what's in our box? In just a moment, after we get through some of these comments. Okay. Um, so Marissa Henderson says, good morning, Aubrey. Cartoon Commotion says, hiya, homies. Good oh morning. Gosh. Hi, Kate. And uh, Jason XO659. Peter Culling, Peter Cullen is receiving a Lifetime Achievement Award for voicing Optimus Prime, Autobots, Transform, and Roll Out. I mean, he deserves it, you know? And Tabitha, Tabby Cat says, Jason is here, my awesome Transformers guru friend. Well, I'm glad you're a Transformers guru, Jason, because you're not going to be happy with me. Okay, well, school us if you have to. We don't mind. Yeah. Cartoon Commotion says, whoa, nice. He should, Jason. And Jason says, Frosted Flakes is banned in Japan. Probably because... <laughs> well, preservatives. <laughs> it, but it's delicious. It is delicious. And look, I, I don't eat Frosted Flakes every day. I eat Frosted Flakes... Like once a quarter, I've had this box for two years, and just now finishing it. So I only eat I only eat bad cereal, but <laughs> I only eat fun cereal. Let's put it that way. I only eat fun cereal on Saturday mornings during this show, mm -hmm. um, and and that's important to me though. So do not do not yuck my yum. <laughs> Well, now I got to point out rating as far as a rating here. Yeah. Um, I'm well, Frosted Flakes for me is five out of five bowls of cereal, mm -hmm. hands down. Period. What about you? Actually, I think these are a little bit better as far as protein bars go for a cereal, surprisingly. All right. So, out of five bowls, what would you give it? Um, a protein bar. <laughs> so probably like I'd say about two bowls if you're going to use a good flavored milk and maybe throw in a little cereal at the end. Yeah. So yeah. so two bowls. That's not good, Aubrey. That's not a good rating. It's still bowls. <laughs> All right. By the way, on the back of this cereal box, uh, not a whole lot of uh, excitement, but there is a QR code that people can scan to download um, to get rewards and support school sports. So you remember when we were kids, you used to tear off the box tops and you like, I don't know, you, you would, mm -hmm. they would donate money to schools. If you collected so many of them, I never mm -hmm. did it. I was a little bit, I, I don't know. A anyway, this one, same thing. Now it's a QR code. So oh, cool. yeah, <clears throat> but um, so Dave Mattingly, oh, Jason says that he is a Transformers collect, uh, collector. All right. Excellent. 
And Dave Mattingly says, me to the mechanic. Can I get a quote? Mechanic. To be or not to be? Me. No, I meant for the car. Mechanic. Okay, um, Autobots roll out. You know, I can do that pretty good in the morning before my voice is stretched out. Now, if it were later at night after I've, you know, talked all day, I couldn't even begin to come close to those lower notes. Uh, If you you saw my reel on Facebook from Thursday night, I was singing Kansas like at a third above what they sang it. Come sail away, come sail away. Anyway, love love that song. Um, and Cartoon Commotion says, ha, good one, Dave. Very funny. He is the smartest guy I know. So <clears throat> our next segment is brought to you by my book series, Tales of the Decoverse, available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, in volume three of the uh, prose series is coming out very soon. It was supposed to be in uh, September. It's been delayed very soon. But this is the segment of the show where we pull the cereal boxes, cereal box prizes out of the cereal box, what we call new loot. Because when we were kids, it wasn't just about the cereal. It was about reaching in and getting the prize in the cereal box. And Aubrey, I told you that Christmas starts early in our house. And I don't know if you guys have seen these, but a couple of years ago, Hasbro released um, holiday versions, holiday special black series action figures, Star Wars action figures. And this year, and it was just a handful, just a few. This year, they've released an entire line. And my son picked up the first one this is the holiday special speeder scout or scout trooper rather um from the mandalorian because he's got little baby yoda in the pouch from where he stole him and so he's wearing a a baby yoda christmas sweater he's got an ugly sweater on that's great yeah now i really want the christmas um the christmas boba fett but um So those of you who are looking for a Christmas gift for Johnny or a birthday present for December 1st, I would love to get more of the holiday special edition Black Series figures from Hasbro. Hasbro, if you're watching, this would be a great Christmas gift for Johnny because I promote your product so much. All the time. All the time. Even though I'm, I'm, I'm... I get frustrated with Hasbro and their distribution. I love their product. Hasbro, make Johnny a a lifelong fan. Send him a whole case of the holiday series. Now, I got one other prize in the uh, box, Aubrey. And this is going to play directly into our theme. So I'm going to show it now. We'll talk about it later. But this is... The graphic novel Transformers Last Bot Standing. I read this maybe six months ago. I didn't really understand the backstory, but now I do. 
and we'll talk about that in just a little bit. So, what is in your cereal box? So, in theme, in theme, in theme. Oh, look. I got him. I got him. Ultra Magnus. I just happened to find him. I'm not joking. Like, I do not have figurines. I've told you guys before. This is my first one. I had Where one did you find three. him? Um, well, at a thrift store. <laughs> oh, dug him out of a bin, actually. Um, my uh friend, our audience member, Tabby Cat, helped me find and we went on a search to find I wanted specifically one of the good guys because I just have to say that um as a kid, um <sighs> Megatron gave me nightmares. I'm not gonna lie. So really, I couldn't find our top guy, but I could find Ultra Magnus. So he 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 he's a comfort while I watch the movie. <laughs> all right, all right, <clears throat> I can dig that. I love that. So have you been able to transform him? Okay, so he is a little older. He was well loved, but Ooh. okay. Oh, we got, him. we got him almost completely. His arms. His arms don't want to not stick out. So let me know, guys, if that uh, if that was intentional. But he's pretty well. Much Jason is watching. He can probably help you with that. <laughs> um, there he is, Ultra Magnus, and then back again. And yeah. Let's talk about leadership roles in this movie. Well, we we will in just a moment. <laughs> um, now, before look. Before we get to our main topic, I'm, I just want to go through a few more audience comments, and then you guys comment as we talk about Transformers, the movie. Um, yeah, so Dave Mattingly's quote from the mechanic, Autobots roll out. Uh, Tabby Cat says, LOL, Dave, that's great. Andrew Milden says, Dave, that's gold. And then Dave says, if I'm the smartest guy you know, you need to meet more guys. And Jason says about our new loot, that's so cool. I don't know if he's talking about your uh, Magnus, about my holiday Black Series, or Last Bot Standing, but they're all real cool. So we're just going to take it as a blanket statement. And Dave Mattingly says, talking about Transformers is fine, but don't mention GoBots. They killed Drax the Destroyer's cousin. Um, all right. So, I don't know what that means. Dave, I need some more context on that. Because I'm very <laughs> tired. My brain is fried. I'm probably missing something that is obvious to any comic book fan. But... Um, Song Swap Showdown, it's Chris Vaglio. He says, I just checked the big lots by me for Batman figures. No. So what he's talking about is the big lots exclusive Mego figures. They did the Adam West Batman, and they did the, um, the Max Fleischer cartoon Superman, uh, along with the uh, Burt Ward Robin and a variant of the Joker instead of having white hands, he has purple hands. Who cares? But, um, mm, those, could, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, okay, he, he's got purple gloves on, is what it is, but that's the only difference. The, the other three are significantly different and they're big lots exclusives. 
and they're impossible to find. And the people who are finding them. All right, you guys, I'm going to get on a soapbox for just a minute here. Uh -oh. So the people who are finding them in big lots. Mm -hmm. Now understand that Migo is a nostalgic brand. It was part of my childhood. I'm obsessed with Migos. I had every one they ever made. I've been on the hunt for these figures. Can't find them anywhere. And the people who are finding them are posting in the Facebook groups for Migo collectors that they found them, but then they buy the entire case. And they leave none for anybody else. Now, I, a case is only nine figures, okay? It's only nine. But but each Big Lot store is only getting one case. That's it. They're not going to be able to reorder. They're not going to have more. They made a limited run, nine figures each store. That's it. And so we got these collectors who are, you know, basically scalpers going in, buying the entire nine-figure case Taking a picture, posting it online. I found them and I took them all. And I'm like, that is the douchiest douchebag move I've ever seen. And then you then you know what they're doing. They're they're turning around and they're selling them on eBay for 60, 80, 100 bucks a piece. Okay. Now our parents taught us about this, guys. Finders keepers isn't always nice if you keep all with it. No. No. <laughs> And Dave Mattingly says, Chris, is there an Ollie's in your area? Ooh. And I love Ollie's, but Ollie's does not have any of the Migos. But, oh my gosh, you guys, if you were into Hasbro, Marvel Legends, or Star Wars Black Series, Ollie's is a treasure trove right now. Um, because there are figures that are hitting Ollie's discounted between $4.99 and $9.99 that never made it to Walmart or Target or Meyer shelves. It, listen, I went into Ollie's the other day, and there was a Target exclusive, the Captain Carter stealth suit figure. It was a Target exclusive. Never saw it in the store, in the wild. I actually ended up buying it um, from a secondhand dealer online. Um, for 50 bucks. It retailed at 22. I bought it for 50 because I wanted it. And Ollie's had an entire case of them marked down to 499. Oh. They never, they never hit the shelves at Target. Mm. They were never opened. And Ollie's just bought the entire unopened stock from Target. And now they're there are these entire cases of this limited edition Target exclusive figure at Ollie's. That's a whole nother soapbox that Ooh. I don't want to get. I'm Johnny, I really hate and love when you tell me Ollie's deals because I got one like right across the street. And it's yeah. see, see, I gotta hold on to my pennies for Christmas. But you roll out. <laughs> um Tabby Cat says, I like finding stuff at the bottom of rando thrift store bins. Mm -hmm. See, I don't have I don't have the patience for that. Mm, I so don't. It's like digging for treasure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. Oh, okay. Uh, now I remember this. Dave gives me context. Mm. In the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special, 
Mantis and Drax came to Earth and saw some cosplayers. One was a GoBot, and Drax attacked him. Mantis explained that GoBots killed his cousin. Wait, wait, killed, wait, killed whose cousin? I'm still confused, Dave. I remember that scene, but I don't. Okay. All right. So Chris says, I'm so excited of this conversation. Transformers, the movie, is one of the most traumatizing films I've ever seen as a kid. Saw that in the theaters and was shell-shocked afterwards. So this is a great segue. We are here to talk about this morning our Saturday matinee movies. These movies that we either saw on a Saturday matinee in the theater or uh, that we saw on VHS, popping them into the VHS in the living room, on the floor with a blanket and a bunch of beanbag chairs and pillows. And it is brought to you by nightlyspirits.com, promo code JohnP667. And listen, the Christmas season is a perfect time to take a ghost tour because there'll be thrilling ghost stories and tales of the glory of Christmas is long, long, long ago. ago. So... <laughs> So we are here talking about Saturday matinee movies, and we are talking about the 1986 animated movie, Tr The Transformers. You want to talk now, about some music, music, guys, music. That yes. is what 80s had, okay? We so rocking music with our animation. <laughs> so let, let's do the tale of the tape, okay? The Transformers the movie is a 1986 uh, animated science fiction action film based on the Transformers television series. It was released in North America on August 8th, 1986, and in the United Kingdom on December 12th, 1986. It was co-produced by director, uh, co-produced and directed by Nelson Shin, who also produced the television series. The screenplay was written by Ron Friedman, who created the Bionic 6 a year later. By the way, Bionic 6 is on our list for next season. Ooh. Now, um, it was obviously based on the Transformers toys by Hasbro. Mm -hmm. Hasbro. And the series um, was already out before the movie. Yeah, yeah. So the TV series had been before this movie. The movie was put out to refresh the IP. Um, because sales had started to dwindle. And so uh, Hasbro and Marvel Productions, it was produced by Marvel Productions and Sunbow Animation, um, they, they decided to release the movie to refresh the brand. And listen to some of the voice actors that appeared in this. Um, Judd Nelson. Mm -hmm. You remember Judd Nelson from The Breakfast Club? I'm and like, um, St. Fire? Mm-hmm. Leonard Nimoy, oh, Robert Stack, <laughs> um, and one of my idols, Orson Welles. And, and Frank Welker. You, and Frank What's Welker. that? Frank Welker. Well, yes, but but they were they were already normal voice cast members. I know. These, a Transformers fan, you gotta love that voice being in there because yeah. he's the voice of so many more things. Yeah, he was the voice of uh, of, of uh, Fred on Scooby Doo, but mm -hmm. um, but you know, he, here's the thing: 
Um, this was Orson Welles' mm-hmm. final film role. Yep, it was. And Orson Welles is a hero of mine. I, I love him. Um, and he died actually 10 months before the film's release. So I did not know that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, the soundtrack is fire, it uh includes rock and songs from rock and heavy metal acts. Mm-hmm. The music, the original music, was composed by Vince Nicola and uh, it includes uh Stan Bush and Weird Al Yankovic. Who Eric Idol. What's that? Eric Idol's in here too. Yeah, Eric Idol was one of the uh, voice actors. Now I don't know Eric Idol. Mm. What did, what else did he do? Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> but okay, as Aubrey mm-hmm. mentioned, the story is set in 2005, 20 years after the TV series second season, after a Decepticon assault. Uh, devastates Autobot City. Optimus Prime wins a deadly duel with Megatron, but ultimately sustains fatal injuries in the encounter. And with Megatron gravely injured, the Decepticons are forced to retreat. The Autobots are hunted across the galaxy by Unicron, a giant size, a plant, planet sized transformer, intending to consume Cybertron and um, he transfigures Megatron to become the enslaved Galvatron. And um, so here's the part that, that uh, Chris says traumatized him Mm. within the first 20 minutes of the movie. Optimus prime is killed by Megatron. And as a watcher of that, as a child, you know, I was six years old when this movie came out. So devastating. Again, we're going back to the same thing we talked about when we were watching um, Secret of Nim. You know, as an adult, it, the impact is so light on the intensity and the darkness. But for this, again, we're going back to like 80s grittiness. You know, not only did we lose Optimus Prime, but we also had the only other human because we only have two humans in this movie. You know, a lot of people don't talk about that as much. We had, they had staff, you know, they had people that worked with them, human beings. They were on our planet, you know, for a reason. We'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah, we have a young man whose father was basically, as far as we know, killed for a large part of this movie. He's gone. A human died and Optimus Prime died. It's a little six-year-old, you're like shaking in your boots, like, um, 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 and then Unicron. He's like a force to be reckoned with. He's enormous. He just sucks everything up in the beginning of the of the 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 movie. You're like, as a little kid, you're like, oh, it's space, it's so pretty. Look at this floating planet. And then all of these robots that are have this pretty little life, and they have normal lives where they're going to work and little kids, and they get sucked up into this giant ball of Unicron that is just doesn't care. He's just, just, oh my God. As a little kid, as a six-year-old, even a 10-year-old, you're like, (laughs) so, you know, first of all, the fact that Orson Welles is Unicron, you know, epic, like you said, Johnny, but the fact that we have Eric Idle, which Monty Python, 
uh, just oh, okay. There you go. There you go. I just wanted to give you a minute, but just in case, because I'm a huge Monty Python fan. You know, See, you I, I, wasn't, right now. I, no I wasn't so much. <laughs> I, I'm a fan of Christopher Guest and John Cleese, and that's about the extent of my Monty Python fandom. And Le Leonard Nimoy. I mean, the Leonard Nimoy. Okay. I've never, at that age, I've only seen him in Spock reruns. You know, he, I, I was a Star Trek kid. Like, yes. At six years old, I have seen Star Trek. I'm a Trekkie, whatever. Star Wars, I, I'm a little bit of a geek. But to hear him be the bad guy? <laughs> Come on. No. Bad guy. You know, and, and, and then you have a power struggle with Megatron and Ultra Magnus and, and Unicron. Like, it's once, once we lose Optimus Prime, it's like this void of power. And all well. of these powerful guys are like all at once but 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 let's talk about that for a minute because um magnus what, what is his actual name magnus ultra magnus ultra magnus ultra magnus okay so let, let let's set this up we, we we talked about this before we went on air i'm gonna i'm gonna make a lot of our audience a little bit angry <laughs> upset i was never and still am not a Transformers fan. I I understand why people like it. I understand <laughs> that it has, you know, like rabid fans who love it. And, you know, uh, really, you know, like just hardcore collectors. I, I get all of that. But as a kid, I just, I didn't, I wasn't drawn to the Transformers. I didn't understand why giant superpowered robots needed to transform to be hidden to begin with. It made no sense to me that Optimus Prime should have to transform into a truck and back and go back and forth. And and while I was watching this movie, I, I had the same thought because they would transform back and forth. And I just was like, I, I, mm, I don't get it. Um, and I know as a kid, a lot of kids, a lot of boys thought that was just the coolest of the cool. I just never got it. I never understood the, the logic behind it. But that aside, I, I never really watched the Transformers animated cartoon because I wasn't a fan. I never collected the toys. Um, I never had a Transformer toy. I did have a GoBot um, that was given to me because my my aunt thought, oh, you know, Transformers are hot for, you know, little boys and my nephew would love this. And um, he got beat up by Luke Skywalker all the time. But um, but but, you know, I, I just wasn't a fan. So I had never seen this movie until this week. Now. So I was lost for a lot of this movie. I didn't know. OK, they didn't explain Autobot City. I, I didn't understand why the boy was hanging out with the Autobots. I, I didn't know, know that his father was like a, a manservant to the Autobot. I didn't know what was going on. Okay. I, I, I just, there was so much that the producers assumed the audience already knew because it was coming out of the TV series that I had a hard time getting into this. Now I will say that some of the animation is among the prettiest animation I've ever seen. Some of it. But there's some parts of it that it's no better than the TV series was. 
And, you know, it, it's very obvious to me watching it now in 2023 that in 1986, it was kind of cobbled together by different animation studios and there was varying quality throughout. Now, that being said, I thought the story was really dragged out. I thought this story should have been 30 minutes. This, this should have been a single 30-minute episode of the TV show. And they, they stretched it out into a two-hour movie. And for me, this I know people are going crazy in the chat. I can tell. For me, the only redeeming thing about this movie was that the soundtrack was fire. Soundtrack is epic. I'm going to buy this on vinyl today. Oh. Barnes and Noble has the soundtrack on oh. vinyl, Ooh, and I'm going to go get that. it. I'm going to go get it today because the soundtrack was epic. It was great. Now, I want to address the trauma of Optimus Prime dying. So, as I watched this, because I was not a fan to begin with, I was like, "Oh, hmm, Optimus Prime died. I wonder what happens next." That was the extent of my emotion. And and then and then Ultra Magnus was absolutely the worst choice to take the leadership role. He failed. He got destroyed. But I know everyone's freaking out at my comments. But I said I read this graphic novel, Last Bot Standing. Mm -hmm. And at the time it didn't really make sense because this is about Hot Rod. Hot Rod in this at the end of this movie becomes the new prime and he becomes the new leader of the Autobots and this series picks up thousands of years later and Hot Rod who is referred to as the prime is in hiding and apparently he's the last of the Autobots still alive and there's a new group of Decepticons that are trying to find the last of the Energon in this, in this series. And they have discovered him. They've tracked him down. And um, he's no longer Hot Rod. He is Rodimus Prime. And I never understood how we got here until this movie. And now I understand how we got here. And this story is actually a really great, fun story. But again, the writers assumed way too much. They assumed that I knew this property before I started reading this book. The makers of this movie assumed I knew the TV series before the movie. That always irritates me. I just got to tell you guys, as a fan, that irritates the fire out of me. So that's my soapbox. That's my rant. Aubrey, you add commentary because we got comments that we are going to have to deal with. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I, I have to say I am, of course, um, not always, but on the opposite side of the aisle. Um, I hate when you have an IP or a world of fantasy. And then as a watcher of the series, they just reiterate the same thing from like the last three seasons that nobody saw because nobody was watching. Meanwhile, as a hardcore fan, I am gripping on the edge of my seat. I get this new movie. I'm thinking it's a continuation of the storyline. 
and it's a repeat of everything I have already seen in a much more compact version. And I'm like, so I'm on the opposite side of the aisle, Johnny. I understand where you're coming from because if I'm going into a new world I've never met, it is nice to have an introduction. And I say to that, go watch the series. <laughs> well, um, okay. You know, it's not for everybody, but I'm saying in, in this case, I feel like they didn't reiterate and it was good. But because of that, it was also so good because there was a shocking element to it. Like they said, we were traumatized by the death of our hero, the only hero that seemed to be able to help everybody on Earth and their planet above. Like it was helping everybody and he respected humans and he was, you know, a good leader on all sides. Okay, power matrix. We need to get to the power matrix, the, the matrix of leadership. I know we've got a lot of things, but I just want to say hot rod touches at first. Yes, that is a good point. People have said this. Um, and, and maybe it was a foreshadowing, you know, hot rod passing it from Optimus Prime to Ultra Magnus. I am not a mech fan, guys. I have said this repeatedly. I'm not a big monster mech fan, but if I could ever be one, it would be with uh, Transformers. Um, it just became like part of the 80s and 90s kids. Like, uh oh, you you just froze up on us, Aubrey. Um, Aubrey's on Wi-Fi this morning, so um, we'll, hopefully we'll catch her comments and just. Oh, you're back. You're unfrozen. Oh. You became oh. catatonic for half a second. Oh no. Um, I have to say, I don't know where we got lost, but uh, power of matrix, the leadership, the matrix of leadership, very, very important. Unicron is wigged out by this thing. And there is a reason. There is so much power in this one little orb. Um, and if you know, I know there's a specialist in the audience, please explain to me a little bit more as someone who is, loves the Transformers, but is not like huge on the, the lore what is this made of? Is this just made of energon? Is it a condensed form of energon? Is it super well? That energon? was what I. That's what I picked up. That it was. It was an energon matrix. Um. So so, I wasn't familiar with this concept. Was this part of the TV show as well, or was this introduced first for the first time in the movie? I believe that the, the leadership the power matrix. matrix. Yeah, I believe that already existed. Okay, mm -hmm. so, um. <laughs> so let, let's go through some of these audience comments and we'll address them because you've got two pages of notes, Aubrey. So you'll be able to uh, hang with some of these people. So Jason says, Song Swap Showdown, Chris Baglio. It is one of my favorite movies and I'm a Hot Rod Rodimus Prime fan. I, I am too, especially after reading The Last Bot Standing. Jason, if you've not read this and you're a Rodimus Prime fan, you're going to love this. Check it out. Um, you can get it from um, a, a company called uh, InStockTrades.com. They are not a sponsor, but you can probably get this for under 10 bucks from InStockTrades.com. But Cartoon Commotion says, Hot Rod is the worst. And um, Dave Mattingly says, if RoboCop was a Transformer, his name would be Stoptimus Crime. That's amazing. That's amazing, Dave. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. Ta <laughs> Tabby Cat says, Dave has punny jokes this morning. Every morning, Tabby. All the punny. Every morning. So Jason, <laughs> XO659 says, cartoon commotion. I was eight, and he fired lasers out of his pipes on his arm, and he didn't get 
Prime killed. The Hasbro execs did. So that's why Cartoon Commotion is saying um, <clears throat> Hot, Hot Rod is the worst because he blames Hot Rod for the death of Optimus Prime. But, I mean, Hot Rod didn't do that. He's right. The execs at Hasbro did because they were trying to refresh this toy line. Yeah, and they I felt like it had just been... Hot Rod was shown as a little bit of a youngster in a hothead. He, I feel like, you know, you've seen that he evolves into a better, more productive leader later. Well, I will say that his character arc from when we first see him in this movie, and again, I don't know if he was on the TV show because <clears throat> I, I wasn't a fan of the TV show. So when we first meet Hot Rod to the end, his character arc is so substantial. He goes from basically the hot hot headed rebel who won't listen to anyone or anything to being the anointed leader of the Autobots and yep. really assuming that leadership role. Yep, I agree. Um, and Galvatron uh, is a big part of this story. Um, I feel like because we've got um, Megatron getting killed right after he fights Optimus Prime. Um, yeah. he, he basically is just tossed out of a ship by Starscream. Because, okay, um, as a bad guy, Starscream, come on, that actor just did too good. Like, I remember Starscream before the movies, at, on the series. That the actor who plays him, he's, like, uh, wait, he's, I can't remember, I didn't write down, if you know his name, great, great voices. He's, he's, he's got it on point, and he does... He does such a good job that you really want to dislike this character. And, and for a villain, you need to want to dislike them, to, to follow the story properly, you know? And, and he's a great villain. Megatron, always so elegant. And then you've got Starscream that's just like, rah, rah, rah. <laughs> the attitude is just everywhere. Yeah, finally, we're free from Megatron. And he kicks him and he, you know, throws <laughs> him off the, the cliff. And yeah, I... <laughs> But, you know, to see Megatron, who is usually our main bad guy, just cowed by Unicron, just just begging. He is tortured in this movie. <clears throat> he is physically tortured. You see him say, no, I won't comply. And then, you know, you see his head go down and he's in extreme pain. I, I submit. I submit. He's just he's cowed by this bigger power than him. And then when Unicron transforms, you know. But all right, even all of that aside, you know, we got to get some more comments. But come on, guys. Weird Al Yankovic dance party. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Okay. So <laughs> so cartoon commotion. Speaking of Hot Rod. Yeah, but he was also a terrible character, objectively speaking. He was a horrible leader and constantly wished that he wasn't the leader. Optimus Prime was sorely missed. Well, mm -hmm. not to me. Because I wasn't an Optimus Prime fan. I, I didn't... It didn't have that impact on me at all. And <clears throat> I thought the the character arc of Hot Rod becoming the leader that he didn't know that he could become was more engaging than any other part of this story. Um, and uh, Jason says, Frank Welker voiced our entire childhood. Yes, he did. And Eric Idle was Monty Python, says Dave Mattingly. Um, and... Um, Tabby Cat says, yes, Dave is right. Monty Python, indeed. Just don't ask me the philosophy of an unladen swallow. Um, 
Jason says, I think the recent IDW comics gave him a personality revamp and he was being mentored by Optimus Prime early on. He's talking about Hot Rod. So, Jason, did you read this series? This is published by IDW, this this graphic novel. It was great. Um, Dave Mattingly says, cartoon trauma? Let me tell you about Watership Down. Well, so, Dave. Dave we can't start this right now. Nope, nope. That's a whole, we, whole separate bag of, oh, my gosh. That is that is specifically why we are not going to be covering Watership Down on this show. <laughs> it is it is one of the most divisive uh Animated movies of our childhood. Um, all right. So Cartoon Commotion says the executive decision to involve Hot Rod in his death at all is the curse that Hot Rod had to bear. That's only a portion of why Hot Rod is objectively terrible. And um, Song Swap Showdown says the Autobots were massacred. Um all of my favorites got killed. Yeah, it was awful. There was a lot more than just our main guy that was was attacked. It was a lot so, of death. I was like, so who oh, else they died? Who, died? Oh, yeah. Get our specialist Jason down there to talk about. There is quite a list of names that we lost. And and Jason says there was a standing ovation in the theater I was in when Galvatron killed Starscream. <laughs> and yeah, so. I did know this, that Scatman Carruthers, who did Hong Kong Fooey, voiced jazz. And every time I hear that voice, I, I love it. I I did that. Um, and, of course, Chris Vaglio mentions Orson Welles, my hero. Um, okay. Dave Mattingly is on the same page with me. Johnny, I never got big into the Transformers either. A few years after my time. See... That's, that's kind of the thing. I was 16. I was into girls. I was into doing theater and, and getting my driver's license. It was just another thing for me. And I was um, six years old, and I was glued to the TV. <laughs> and Jason says, not a Transformers fan? You, sir, have insulted my integrity. <laughs> I just, look, Starscream is a perfect example, okay? I don't understand why... The, why he needs to transform into an American-style fighter jet when he's already a giant robot that can fly. And, and here's the other thing. How do these robots from another planet, how, how do they just conveniently happen to transform into late-model U.S. cars, planes, and trucks? Well, I mean, there's, there's a lot of timey-wimey stuff in here. If there's any Doctor Who fans... Transformers is very timey wimey. I feel like I, I some... guess, and apparently, and apparently on on Cybertron, they they had dinosaurs because we got the Dinobots. Okay, so so the, the the supposedly the Transformers we had our own dinosaurs. So correct me if I'm wrong. I'm okay if I am, but I'm pretty sure that's what the lore is. is Robots and the Decepticons first landed, crash landed after their planet was attacked. Um, uh, they were escaping. Supposedly, this is the, the lore that I am aware of. And they landed here like during, before humans were like during the Jurassic Age. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of way, way back machine um, using my new catchphrase. Now, now I will <laughs> say this. 
I will say this. The latest uh, Transformer movie, Rise of the Beast, horrible movie. However, <laughs> it does explain this, this phenomenon of the, the various forms that they assume. And apparently, the, the, the robots, they can like assume shapes to blend in with their surroundings at that time. That's why the beasts look like a rhinoceros and a gorilla and uh, an eagle or pterodactyl or whatever it was. And um, yeah. And and then I, I have a question. This female qu character, I forget her name, but was she part of the TV series or did she appear for the first time in this movie? I am. Does unaware. anyone know? I am unaware if she was part of the series. I do not remember her in the series. This is the first time I remember seeing her. Because so, yeah. when she appeared in the new Transformers Rise of the Beasts movie, again, out of nowhere, like we're supposed to know who she was, and um, it was a big deal uh, to movie fans that she was appearing on the big screen for the first time. So I, I don't know anything about her. Um, see, okay. So <laughs> Tabby Cat says, school him, y'all. Hey, that's why I'm doing this. Not just sharing with you guys things that we think that you should love and check out, but also for me to learn a little bit from you guys because I'm not familiar with every subject. I'm not the expert in everything. Um, so, okay, so we had... Uh, Chris Vaglio says Braun, Prowl, Ratchet, Ironhide, Wheeljack there all got is. killed. Yep. And um, Chris says that film was awful. Yeah, talking about Rise of the Beast, Bumblebee is the best Transformers live action film. And that movie is really good. The, the Bumblebee movie. Um, oh, okay. So Jason says the Dinobots were originally built on Earth by Ratchet and Wheeljack. In IDW continuity, they were captured and experimented on by Shockwave. Okay. And, um, oh, speaking of Bumblebee, it was directed by Travis Knight, who also directed Paranorman, that mm -hmm. we loved and uh, I considered maybe a perfect movie. Um, and, um, okay, so Cartoon Commotion says... Most all of the characters that were still living were new characters in this movie. Um, she's RC is RC is what she's called. R -C, um, a R C E E. So okay, that makes sense because this movie was designed to reboot the franchise, to refresh it, to give it new life on the toy shelf, toy aisle shelves. So what um, so, is that Rob Friedman's daughter protested to him that there were no women transformers. So he added RC. Okay. And and she's just, I, there's no like proper introduction to her in this movie. She's just, just there. Just an important and, part of the team. Yeah. But, but again, no context. And um, someone did mention that. Um, <laughs> so, so cartoon commotion says it's cool. I'm done with my ranty rant, but I highly recommend checking out the OG show, Johnny. It's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Well, I just, again, I, I just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just, 
I just never got into it. So, um, okay. okay. Please, so, please get to the Weird Al dance party, please. Yeah, yeah. Hold on, hold on. I just I want to I want to make sure that I'm. Uh, there's some great comments here, oh, oh, and okay. I, I I just I want to make sure that we uh, are covering them all, and and so, Cade. Added in, dude, the movie is so much better when you know the series. And back then, they totally expected you to know the series. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the soundtrack was the star of the movie for sure. And so it was. And, and that that plays into what I'm saying is that you know one of the one of the complaints that the MCU movies have today is that you have to have watched like 30 movies before this mm -hmm. latest one to understand what was going on. And like the Marvels did a fantastic job of dropping you into the world. They recapped everything that you need to know, like in like a minute. Mm -hmm. And once you had that frame of reference, it was a roller coaster ride that didn't stop. Um, great movie, by the way. If you haven't seen the Marvels, go see it. Um, and um, and he and he says, cartoon. Commotion says all of that is explained in the first miniseries, Johnny, about the about the uh, leadership matrix. So um, anyway, we're not going to get to all of these uh, all of these comments, unfortunately. But we got a lot of participation today. Thank you for being here with us, guys. Yeah, that's awesome. But we do have to talk about that that dance party, that robot dance party set to the uh, Weird Al Yankovic movie. Um, okay. So, Johnny, I don't know if anybody knows this. Not a lot of people know this, but I listened to Weird Al Yankovic since I was like little. Okay. I love music and I love comedy. And you put those things together and just go on with yourself. I'm not going to focus on anything the rest of the day. So, Weird Al, if you ever happen to hear this, I'm a huge fan. And I would love to meet you before I die or whatever happens first, you know? Um, anyway, so Weird Al Yankovic dance party at a trash planet with trash i'm just saying like come on okay the comedy the comedy of these people and then and then okay okay i don't want to ruin it if you haven't seen this movie go see this movie because 86 man you got time still but why wait um the comedy in the moment and the silliness that's the other thing this might have darkness that kind of traumatized the little kids there was some levity in there that helped keep it going. There was some comedic moments. There was some escapes. There was some crazy. How did they even do that? And then, you know, and then, you know, they they, they didn't even get off the planet before they're already found because Unicron wants to make sure that he lets everybody know that they're all destroyed. And and, and then these trash people have this amazing dance party and they, they get a a. a, a spaceship from out of the ground like they've already prepared ahead of time they're like we're gonna be heroes and we're gonna help you destroy this guy where did these people come from please if you were a fan of this show were the trash people around is there another name for them i've forgotten already but the, the this trash planet with these amazing characters you know and then the dinosaur gets a kiss on his nose i'm, I'm just saying so <laughs> the, the, the dinosaur got a kiss on the nose. Yes. That made all the sense in the world that no, robots not, can. But it was adorable for kids. I, I mean, look, they're fighting these trash robots. 
to the death. And then all of a sudden, um, hot was it Hot Rod that could speak their language? Hot Rod could speak uh, TV too, or no, was it the other I one? Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, if, if, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But Cup, yeah, because the old veteran the, who was always scolding Hot Rod for being a silly yeah, killer. yeah. Well, he could speak TV too, because these these trash robots they spoke in television phrases, and so he spoke to them in TV lingo. And all of a sudden, they're best of friends, and they circle the Autobots and they do their little dance around them, and it becomes a big part. Anyway, made perfect sense to me. I mean, um, later on, Bumblebee only speaks in radio. That's right. But yet in the okay. movie, in this movie, Bumblebee's got full sentences. Hmm. hmm. Well, wasn't Bumblebee voiced by uh, Casey Kasem? Mm -hmm. Am I remembering I think, that right? I think okay. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So wonderful. Jason, Jason says there was a bridge episode between the second season and the movie called mm -hmm. Scramble Sit. Scramble City, but it was only released in Japan, and all of the new characters introduced in this movie debuted in that episode. Thank you for letting us know about that, Jason. Yeah. We're gonna have to find that. I'm gonna write that down. And Cade says, I meant to explain why they transform into Earth vehicles, not the Matrix. That was it explained in the first miniseries. Mm -hmm. So, okay, well, maybe I'll go back and watch it because we are gonna be covering the 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 series next season uh, of this show oh boy. because we're going to be talking about the uh the daytime series that were gi joe transformers he-man she-ra um and and some other daytime series uh that were were popular uh i think great space coaster and um magic school bus were daytime shows but um anyway aubrey says Dave Mattingly, I recommend the Weird Algorithm podcast. Oh, oh, thank you, Dave. And Zentron joins us and says, no, I didn't like that dance sequence either. No, but the music was fire. that That's the thing. Um, Better be stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it was, the soundtrack for this thing was epic. Um, Tabby Cat says, one of the oddities of Transformers is also the ability to shift their size, like Optimus Prime shifting from the size of a Peterbilt to a skyscraper. Exactly. And uh, Jason says, Weird Al returned to Transformers Universe and Transformers Animated. He voiced Rekgar. There we go. And, of course, Cartoon Commotion, personally, the Trash Planet dance scene was my favorite part of the movie. Okay, really? we're like... Spiritually connected. <laughs> See, okay, my favorite part of the movie, this may or may not surprise anyone, was Hot Rod um, having to uh, race in the, the vat with the uh, shark decons and creating the, the vortex. That's, anyway, that was my favorite part of the movie. Um, and Tabby Cat says, could the Energon be able to manipulate the subatomic space between electrons and the nucleus to explain their size changing and shape change. You know what? That's as good an explanation for me. And Zentron says they were the junkions and the, the older guy was called cup. And cartoon commotion says, basically the junkions are Cybertronians. The last three seasons explained the Cybertronians. Cool. We'll see. See, this is what I'm saying. 
I if I came look if I went to see this movie and I did I saw this movie not having seen any of the series I, I'm completely lost I need some context and I just anyway and Dave Mattingly says oh stewardess I speak junk some of you will get that some of you are like huh uh, the Junkion, says Jason, were made because Mad Max came out while this movie was in production. Oh. oh, thank you. I forgot to talk about that. Yes. I mean, it was like a shout out to it completely. Okay. So, yes. So, Jason says no cliff jumper was voiced by Casey Kasem, and he did the countdown for the shuttle launch. Okay. And mm. Bumblebee was voiced by Dan uh, Gil. Uh, Gilvazan. I, I knew okay. that. Um, okay. And Chris Vaglio does agree. Best soundtrack. And okay. Cartoon Commotion says, Tabitha, they actually explained the size shifting was sort of explained. They can actually shift their mass. But is it because of the Energon? Is it the Energon that gives them that ability? Or is it just built into their robotic programming? And Tabby Cat says, because... Uh, just because a thing changes size doesn't mean it changes mass. I must look into that further. Okay, now this is getting I like love scientific. Deep. Yeah. And Chris Vaglio says airplane references are always gold. I love it. Love it. Oh my gosh, we, we're we're at the end of the comments. So we had to skip a few. Um, but but I think we got through most. Um and just reading through some of these comments, I understand. Oh, okay. So Zentron added a comment in the first episode of the original Transformers. After they crashed on Earth, the restoration process by the ship's computer was to give them forms based on Earth vehicles. Okay, there you yeah. go. And 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 when they first landed, it's a lot farther back in our timeline than when the movie starts. Because when the movie starts, it's two thousand five, guys. What yeah, that was far in the future in 1986. Right? In 86, yeah. we were like, we're going to have flying vehicles. Okay, I just really want to, to touch a base on the human beings, okay? So these the two. human beings, yes, the two human, two human beings, a father and son, Spike, and I forgot the kid's name all of a sudden. But so Spike gets, I think it's Spike, it's a father. He get He gets basically what we think is wiped out and with Bumblebee. And all of a sudden, you know, he's... You know, at the very end, we, we find out he's still alive. Um, and the son, who has never been in an exosuit, an exosuit, um, has to, at the last minute, save his father, um, which is, is, is a huge part of the movie because their connection to Earth is, is a lot of it is based on their human friends, you know, that they've made because they believe in Optimus Prime and they believe um, in the Transformers. They, they believe in, in having a connection with them. And this young man, he's he's possibly lost his dad. He finds this 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 moment in time that he has to save his father. You know, so you have um, a very strong connection with with society, and um and and you know surviving in this. And this young man has to shoot a weapon, a arm cannon, uh, out of the, the exosuit to save his dad. Um, one shot. You get like one shot in this. This kid pulled it off. 
that is talent right there. Um, he, he'd never worn this exosuit and all of a sudden he has to transform. By the way, the fact that the kid's exosuit transforms into a car and he's laying on the ground. I mean, you see him and the wheels are like this, he's on the floor and you're like, he picked it up so fast, so fast. So, you know, I mean, there's little things in there. If you're paying attention to them, really paying attention to the movie, the um, the, the shark scene, you know, where they're running around and these these sharks are, are staying in their form in the water and out of the water. And then they get commanded and all of a sudden they're all transforming. So, Aubrey, his uh, his name is Daniel, Daniel and so Spike yeah, is his father. Okay, Spike was his dad. Yeah, and they were like a, a, a permanent fixture for a lot of it. Um, now this says, this says in the uh, recap of the uh, story that Daniel saves his father Spike, mm -hmm. and the other consumed Autobots from Unicron's digestive system. Yep, he is. They are inside Unicron, um, and he's so big that honestly, the thing I thought of when the sun, you know, shot that bolt and the and the and the 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 acid vat that he's dissolving all of these people and everything into who who runs the inside of unicron is there a mini unicron that's in charge of making sure all the levers and buttons because there was like levers and buttons and a whole mini world inside this planet-sized transformer somebody wasn't doing their job <laughs> they let the guys that he was eating get away but i mean we were happy about it <laughs> and at the end at the end of the movie and 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 hot rods taking his place and and everybody's like, yeah, I'm still like, but there are some that didn't make it, guys. You know, they turned black and they're not coming back. You know, now, so that trauma, that trauma is real, guys. It still stays with you. It's from a kid. Now, I, I'm, I'm reading one review because this film got horrible reviews from critics and fans alike. It, it flopped in the <laughs> box office. Um, but Leonard Moulton, who is a film historian and reviewer and someone I respect a lot, um, gave the picture the lowest possible rating and wrote, little more than an obnoxious feature-length toy commercial, yes, that and that deafening rock score certainly doesn't help. I'm going to disagree with him about that. That score makes this movie great. Um yeah just just took their knees out from underneath them. I don't agree. I think it was a movie worth watching. So one of the criticisms was that, um, and uh, Dino, uh, Dino De Laurentiis, who was one of the producers on this and, and, you know, uh, creators of this, of, of the Transformers uh, aesthetic said he made most of his characters, uh, most of his characters are descended from Mad Max and Luke Skywalker. And I have learned the art of the civil insult. So was this, was this movie his way of politely insulting the fans of Transformers? Was he doing this? Or, or was he doing that to other people's manipulation of the IP? I don't know. So, um, he was, let me see. Yeah, he, it was distributed by him. So um, De Laurentiis Entertainment Group, um, directed by Nelson Shin, screenplay by Ron Friedman. Ron Friedman, by the way, is like legendary in animation scripts. So that's funny that 
De Laurentiis would say that, but he just distributed the film. We need to do some uh, further study on that. Um, so, all right. So the reason, okay. So the reason for characters getting killed was based on their toy sales number. Exactly. This whole movie was designed to restart the toy franchise and to give it new life. And Tabby Cat says, Zentron, I love your cynicism. Well, that's not cynicism. That's, that's a fact. I mean, it's stated in, in, Every everybody has stated that that was the reason they did this movie. Um, and Cartoon Commotion says Unicron was a horribly funny realization in the end of the series. I loved his head just orbiting Cybertron at the end. That was kind of fun. Um, the whole and, sucking up everything around it. <laughs> and and that was that was part of that animation that was super high quality. But that was actually one of the criticisms by critics is that the animation was so um, inconsistent throughout this movie that it actually ended up making it less appeasing than the TV series. Um, and uh, Zentron says, thanks, though, that really was the reason. Um, that, that's right. We've already stated that they needed to uh, rekindle the toy sales. Um, and that's what makes it funnier, says Tabby. Um, oh, was there a Unicron? Does anybody know? Was there a Unicron toy? There was. There, there was. was? Um, okay, so did he transform? Well, yes. Now, I don't know if it was a part of the original toy line. Jason will tell us. But there was recently <laughs> a HasLab uh, crowdfunding for a Unicron playset oh, and toy. Wow. I don't wow. know if they did it back in the original 80s, but... Jason will know. He's the collector. I don't like movie critics, he says. They hate every movie I love. That's fair. That's fair. Same. I have a lot of cult classics I like. Tabby says, Jason, nobody likes a critic. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry that you don't like me. No, I'm not. Look, I am being critical of this movie. <laughs> um, But I can always find things, even things that I don't really resonate with. I can always find things that I really like. Um, you know, and when we were talking about Coraline, I don't, I don't like that movie. That movie is creepy and weird to me, but what I like about it is the absolute artistry in the, in the puppetry of the stop motion animation. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful to watch. Yeah. Um, in this movie, some of the animated sequences are gorgeous. The, the top tier of Marvel and Rainbow Studios animation. It was, it was great. Um, and some but, of them are like, yeah, some of the scenes I was just like, uh, that that doesn't even hold up to the TV series. Mm -hmm. But what made this movie great and what I love about this movie is the soundtrack. I loved this soundtrack. Um, okay, so Dave Mattingly says the first movie that comes to my mind for me with uh, Dino De Laurentiis is Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness. <laughs> and Jason said they had to tone down the Battle of Autobot City. The movie almost got a PG-13 rating. Really? Yeah. I mean, you know, there is a lot of violence in there. I, I don't disagree. And, and let's talk about the fact that it said, shit, it's a kid's movie. And it cost, back in 1986, to have a kid's movie say, shit. <laughs> well, it wasn't rated G, though. It was rated PG. 
so I feel like you know I don't I don't know. Was that the first curse word ever on Transformers? Can somebody see if they can figure that I'm, out? I'm almost hundred percent positive, yeah. yes. Yeah, because that yeah. was that was like, oh, dad's gonna die. Shit. <laughs> so by the way, we, we don't use that language on this show. Oh, so, so sponsors sorry. of back of the cereal box. No, this is, we're we're rated G, uh, Aubrey. Um, so uh, sponsors of the show, please note that Aubrey's comments do not necessarily reflect the uh, views and opinions of the uh, producers or host of the show. Anyway, anyway, um, so. Eli T. Cash <laughs> brings up an interesting point. And I, this is something I had not considered until just this moment. Maybe, and he's we're talking about refreshing the toy line and breathing new life in the toy line. Maybe that's a similar reason why they did what they did with the new Star Wars, polarizing as it is. That might have been in the back of their minds, although it really hasn't fueled toy sales, the new Star Wars movies. Um, and that's that's part of another reason kids today have moved away from what um, they call imaginative play or imagination mm -hmm. play, mm -hmm. where they're recreating stories and making up their own stories with action figures and dolls. And they've moved to the, you know, the handheld digital play. And guys, there's so much less invention and creativity in that. Figurines, yeah. you know, I get to collect them, but... I'm playing with him for a reason. They were made to be played with. Use your yeah, imagination. Yeah. It helps stretch your boundaries in your mind. Yep. And Eli T. Cash says, creepy and weird. John, you hang out with me. No comment. Um, actually, if you guys didn't see last week's episode, we filmed it at Gallatin Comic Con, Marvel versus DC. Mm -hmm. Eli appeared live on camera and actually did a really great job. I was very proud of you, Eli. Um, I, I was I was nervous, but very proud of you afterwards. And then Zentron says, not sure where I've put him, so I can't check, check its maker's date, but I do have an old unicorn toy. Ooh. So they did make one back, back in the day, and then yeah. they recently did the HasLab Kickstarter crowdfunding uh, campaign. And apparently... That Unicron from HasLab is scale. It's huge, enormous. Um, and Zentron or Jason is going to say the HasLab Unicron is the size of a small child. They tried to make it back in the 80s and it was too expensive. It was internally codenamed the Divorce Maker. <laughs> that sounds like it takes up a fourth of a room, guys. You need a class Unicron. And Zentron answers your question, Aubrey. First proper cuss word, yes. Um, like I like, yeah, it was it was in the movie. I didn't <laughs> and Tabby Cat says, Oh, lol. You know we love you, Johnny. I love you too, Tabby. And um oh, oh, that's that's funny. Eli T. Cash did great, and then he said, and then I made a comment about Aubrey's poison ivy costume about it giving me a rash. Yeah, but that was funny. That was pretty funny, uh, Eli. You kind of impressed me. All right, so we are through the comments, and I'm sure there are going to be plenty more, plenty more people taking issue with this. I, I mean, look, this was a this is a long movie. I 
it took me several days to get through it during the season of open enrollment. But um, I might go back. Cade, I will take your advice. And for next season, we are going to be covering the original uh, daily animated series. And oh. so I, I will start watching some of the OG Transformers. I cannot promise you that I will become a fan. Oh. I was a G.I. Joe fan. I just was not a Transformers fan. Oh, so G.I. Joe, I'm not going to lie. That's going to be a tough one for me. Okay. Well, there we go. So, but I'm ready for you know, and Shira. Oh, and 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 you'll probably you'll probably be all over strawberry shortcake. <laughs> anyway, um. Anyway, uh, Dave Mattingly <laughs> says, Aubrey, can you help me scratch my itch? Ooh, ah, and that's the show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's time for us to say so long, farewell, avidasen, bonjour. And um, Aubrey, what do you have going on this week? Anything exciting? People can follow you at uh, Dawning Eve K on Instagram. Yep, I'm going to be getting ready for the holiday season. I've got some face painting gigs, some birthdays coming up. I'm going to be also walking in a parade for our tree lighting ceremony with a few friends as some elves. So we're going to be bathing and yelling, Merry Christmas, like insane people until we get done. And then we'll have some adult fun. <laughs> Absolutely awesome. So, um, hey, we have a couple more in this series of Saturday matinee movies. We're not going to get to everyone's favorite during the series. There's so many. We just can't possibly cover them all in an eight-week period. But I don't think it's going to be six weeks. But we'll do this again next fall. So Mm -hmm. start getting those lists ready, what you want us to talk about. Jason has already mentioned G.I. Joe the movie is awesome. And that is on my list for this series. I don't know if we'll get to it um, because I know, Aubrey, you want to talk about Land Before Time. And um, so that's on the list. My personal favorite of the matinee animated movies is the movie that saved Disney, The Little Mermaid. And uh, so that's on my list. And uh, we might get to some of some more. We might not. But next year, next time we do this series, we will definitely get to uh, get to all of these uh, great IPs that you guys want to see. Mm-hmm. Well, that is it for the show. Guys, remember, if you do like the show and you want to support us, you can do so at patreon.com slash Serial Box Podcast and uh, get exclusives. There's already some exclusives up there, but there will be more coming Um an exclusive RSS feed. We are going to be moving back issue breakfast club specifically to a patron, a Patreon only exclusive. So uh, if you want to see our reviews of back issue comics, um, make sure you become a subscriber at patreon.com slash serial box pod. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for us to go. So um, if you like the show, give it a thumbs up. Comment, share it, give us like a review on. Like yep. and subscribe. Whatever platform you're watching, uh, subscribe, click the notification bell. If you're listening, uh, make sure you follow and put it on your follow list on Apple or Spotify. And uh, until the next time, love you, mean it. We'll catch you on the back of the cereal box.
So long, farewell, Auf Wiedersehen, bonjour. <laughs>